There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. People have been wondering where the stalker's going to show up next. No, it's not over there. No, it's not over there. I told you to watch your step when you're in the woods. Not down there. <laughs> up here, look up. Because the stalker's going to be on top in the World Wrestling Federation. Stalker. This is shit. I'm excited. The boyhood dream has come true. review as the other cultaholic lads are wandering through forbidden doors we are here via our Ica pro power delorean Via a tin can and string, contemplating naughty windows. Who be we? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio. Joined by the mulligan to my old hair on the other end of the tin can and string. It is Liverpool's third favourite son, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Jackie, how you doing? I just got your naughty windows bit as well. I was like, naughty? I was like, oh, I, I get it. I get like, it. Like forbidden door. Yeah. Naughty window. Yeah. Uh, we all I, have a naughty window. It's normally where Mrs. Goggins does a puts her puts her her her, um, her long johns. <laughs> and Pat Clifton's like, oh, you need to put them back on. <laughs> put them back on, Mrs. Goggins. You slut is what he famously says. She went, fuck off, Pat. Fuck off, Pat. <laughs> oh, I love I love Postman Pat. Great <laughs> so show, Mrs. Goggins. Yeah, it's it's such a gentle show. So unlike, gentle. Unlike this podcast and the last episode we did. Some say that this podcast is the binary opposite of Postman Pat. I'm hoping this week is more like Postman Pat than last week because that was Jesus Christ. Well, I, I don't know whether whether you'll be lucky because it's really hot mm. across the north of England right now. And when it's hot, I get a bit weird. <laughs> and I just... I don't. I don't cope well in the heat. Like mm. our 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 home is like a furnace. I had about two hours sleep last night. It was just too hot. You know, I woke up dripping. 
like, <laughs> like bread and dripping and more like bed and dripping i woke up it was horrible it's horrible do you do all right in the hot i do terribly in the hot that's all right then yeah um being you know a portly man covered in hair <laughs> from england yeah. i'm only built i'm only built for the cold we're all built for the cold and our homes are built for the cold oh and this yeah this is what americans forget Whenever we go, oh, it's too hot. And they go, what's your mean? It's only 18 degrees. And we go, yeah, but all our homes have the, 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 have revolutionary insulation because we're notoriously a cold country and it's good at keeping the warm in. And Jesus H Christ, does our home keep the warm in? Yeah. I think we might have discussed this uh, this time last year during the heat wave of last year, <laughs> uh, because Pablo is a creature of habit in the sense that once again, uh, we actually, we've, we've upped the ante from last year. He has his cooling mat once more. Mm. Now, he also has a purchase I made for him on Amazon, which is a little fountain. Oh, very nice. So you, you fill it with water, and it's got a little motor in it, and it pours water out constantly, like a little faucet tap, and then it, mm. drips, it drains it away, and it comes back around. So you change the water every day, but it just means that the water's more appealing if it's moving, in theory, for a cat. Okay. I think I've seen him look at it once. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he drinks when I'm not looking. But he's just he's at that point again now where <laughs> where our home's getting warm and we've got the cooling mat out, we've got this little water fountain, we turn the spare room in the guest room into like uh, a cool sanctuary with the blinds down and we just make it as nice and chill for him as possible. So whenever we come home, he is lay in the direct sunlight beaming through the veranda. <laughs> <laughs> and looking like he's about to pass out. I'm like, mate, just move. <laughs> just don't lie directly in the hot, hot sun. You need to get him some kind of some kind of cat solero or something, just like <laughs> frozen fish on a stick. I did that as well. Like I Bollocks, I, did you? <laughs> I did. No, it wasn't fish though, it was chicken. So I cooked some roast chicken and uh but then I, it was a bit that I cooked, which I didn't put any sort, any season or anything on, just some plain chicken. And I put it in ice cube trays, filled it with water, and put it in the freezer, with the idea being that I'll put it next to his water bowl and uh, on the cooling mat, and he'll go, "Oh, there's some chicken there. I must lick this square in order to reach the delicious chicken." So I'm tricking him into drinking more water. He just mm. ignores the fucker until it melts, and then goes, "I'll have the chicken." <laughs> but then he'll still go, "Oh, Dad, I'm hot." I'm trying everything, buddy. I'm trying everything. His new one, one more bit of Pablo ranting, and then I'll, I'll let you get a word in edgeways. His new one, he has discovered that our bed uh, has drawers underneath it. He discovered this when the other week, Alex was sorting the drawers out, and she pulled hers all the way out, and he just went whoop, straight underneath the bed and was like, I like it here. I like it here. It's fine here. I'm going to stay here. And then she had to coax him out. But since then, every night we've gone to bed, he knows where the draw slats are, and it's just scratch, 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 scratch on, on my side of the bed, then on Alex's side of the bed, little prick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, little prick. give him some more dampened chicken, and he might come around. <laughs> That's, do you know what? I might try that. Have well. Louis and Poppy acclimatized, so not only the heat, but the return to the motherland? Uh, yes, they're both all right, actually. Um, <laughs> Louis currently... I'll send you a picture later to put up when this goes up. Um, he, he's lying alongside the wall. <laughs> so he's just, it looks like he's been hit by a car. We, we think it's just, <laughs> it's a slightly cool wall. And he's just gone, right, great. I'm just going to go as long as I can. Um, 
Poppy's been fired. She's just been walking around going, yeah, going to have a kip in the sun. Then I'm going to have a kip in the shade. Then I'm going to drink too much water and be sick. See you later. <laughs> so, and that's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> but they've been all right. Um, especially, yeah, it's it's not been chaos here. But every time I start a podcast, it seems to be. But right now, they are asleep. So hopefully. Right. Oh, oh, they'll hear. They'll, they'll go, dad's doing something. Dad's doing something. Let's go see what dad's doing. Mm. Hello, dad. What are you doing? Does John, I ignore you all day? Sean was on uh, the phone this morning because she's looking at getting a new car later this year. Um, and the second she started the phone call, Louis woke up, jumped onto the kitchen table where she was, started headbutting her laptop and then knocked over some candles into her drink. And it was just, <laughs> she, she came up and just went, he is a prick, isn't he? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> just, I don't necessarily want your attention, but I just like the fact that your attention is elsewhere. Mm. And it needs to, you know, I want, I want, I want you to want me. <laughs> That's essentially how cats work. If you're mm. ever looking to get a cat, uh, our advice would be one, uh, adopt a stray and two, don't. Yeah. That's the best <laughs> advice we can give you. If you want a peaceful home, don't. Anyway, enough of this. Let's go back in time before our cats were even born. Oh, before they were, they were just a glint in, in a weird moggy's eye. Uh, we're back in 1996. We are back in September the 9th of 1996. Uh, I'll give you some highlights from the real world. Then we will dive via the via the hand and the mind and the mouth of rambunctious Jackie Orlando into the wrestling world of 1996. Who will speak through the through the medium of Dave Meltzer in order to to fill us in and furnish us on the <laughs> on the foundings and happenings of the wrestling world in this particular week and then we will talk through this week's episode of monday night raw from back on monday nights september the 9th 1996 is it monday night again or are we on friday still i think it's no, still monday yeah we're back to monday it's i think it's three days after the last episode of raw aired on tv right when yeah uh, and in which point in the U- in the uk the number one movie is still independence day However, there's been a shift in the US. Number one movie this week is Bulletproof. Do you remember Bulletproof? Adam, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've only seen it once. I have a soft spot for those early Adam Sandler films. David Wyans and Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only line I remember is he's, he's just watching an old porn and he just says, do you know how I know this porn's from the 70s? That dude's dick's got sideburns. And me, <laughs> me age 13, found that hilarious. <laughs> uh, you were one of few people that found the movie hilarious. Uh, hmm. It was considered uh, a critical bomb, despite the fact that it grossed $22.6 million worldwide. Wow. Uh, it is the power of Adam Sandler. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes holds an approval rating of 8% based on 38 reviews, average rating of 3.7 out of 10. Mm. In its addition to its ability to deflect gunfire, Bulletproof proves sadly impervious to humor, logic, or worthwhile viewing. <laughs> uh, music charts haven't changed. Wannabe's number one in the UK. Macarena's still number one in America, as has been the ty- style at the time for about 400 years at this point. <laughs> Do you, Jack Atkins, remember Sega World? Was that in London? Yeah. I went to it once. It must have been towards the end of its life. It was the first time I went to London when I was about 16. Oh, the big smoke. Yeah. Don't don't make eye contact with everyone. They'll all yeah. hurt you. 
Oh, well, yeah. well, we're, we're back in an, it's an important week because it's it was two days before this episode of Raw aired on the Saturday, September the 7th, that Sega World opened at the Trocadero. Hey. Now, uh, it was a, a star-studded press a launch for this event, for this new venue, which was set to be video games and, and uh, innovative technology experiences. Meant to open in the summer, but it didn't. Uh, but it... <laughs> But when it did finally open, it was with a showbiz cast of first people through the door, including Robbie Williams, Jarvis Cocker and Annika Rice. Okay, that's not too bad. I was expecting you to say, like, I don't know, uh, Rosemary Connolly, uh, <laughs> Mystic Meg, Fred the Weatherman. Oh, she bloody, they bloody love a bit of Sega. Fred the, Re- Fred the Weatherman loves Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh, he's a wrong one now. It's the best I'm talking about. <laughs> I thought Sonic was on the level. <laughs> hey, he's done it, lads. Yeah. He's done it. Uh, tell you what, what wasn't on the level. Sega World at the Trocadero. It was shit. Uh, the three launches, particularly the public opening, did not go as planned. Positive comments were made towards the park's large rocket escalator. However, the variety of, co- of coin-op arcade machines on offer uh, and the queues for the VR attractions made the entire experience pretty miserable for most. Uh, Overly long queue lines, overpriced entry fees, and a lack of enthusiasm for future active attractions on offer. Uh, Several reviewers noted that one ride, The Beast in Darkness, was basically a haunted house or a ghost train with little or no interactivity. And in a weird twist, none of Sega's portfolio of characters or licensed IPs were utilised in the early days of Sega World at the Trocadero. Like, despite Sonic the Hedgehog being heavily used as a mascot, it was just like a standard arcade, which I thought was a weird thing to do i guess you don't want to alienate people by putting a load of branded ips in there that people wouldn't get but it just meant it didn't really connect us with anything it was just an arcade yeah i i only went to it briefly like i said first time in london but this must have been about 2004 2005 so it's probably near the end of its run i can remember the escalator and then just a standard um arcade the other side of it and we're, we're of an age that um i used to love arcades when i was a little kid in the 90s i thought they were great and i remember looking around this one i was just kind of like ah it's got some machines i'm gonna go around the corner to i don't know virgin megastore and buy some dvds instead and i think that's what i did oh that's a yeah. shame the bournemouth one i think was better hmm. the, the bournemouth one we went to I think it was West Brom were playing Bournemouth one weekend. So we had, as a family, went down for the game. But I managed to convince everybody to go to Sega World while we were there. And I loved it because you had in there, it was, there's two arcade machines that I remember. There was uh, as a game that the hardcore Sonic fans will know as Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, which was the Japanese arcade Sonic game in which you controlled Sonic using a trackball. Oh, okay. Mm, it's great. I've, there's, I've, I've seen like emulators and stuff, but I can never get it to work on any technology I have. Yeah, My brain only stretches so far. The other one was a Sonic the Hedgehog popcorn maker, in which I'm, you you played yeah. a mini game and you had a little crank that you turned to make Sonic move. I'm sure you mentioned this in the office once, and the absolute glee in your eyes. Because I'm sure, were you looking at trying to find one? I I think. 
I was trying to, yeah, I think I was keen to see whether they still existed anywhere because mm. I'd love to, to just to give it another go. I mean, the, the whole experience lasted about two minutes. You turned a crank and then you got the smell of burnt popcorn. Um, <laughs> enough about the sex life. Um, <laughs> but that was kind of, that's all it really was. You just got some shit popcorn at the end, but... And, and and it was immortalized in the game Sonic Mania because Sonic Mania was a Sonic game made by fans of Sonic the Hedgehog and they just filled it with Easter eggs until it was fit to burst. And uh, the Sonic popcorn maker is in that game, uh, which is a delight for all. Uh, but yeah, the Trocadero Sega World wasn't good. My memory of Trocadero was that Nickelodeon would come from there. Do you remember you see the live stuff from Nickelodeon? A little bit. Was it Mike, Mike McLean? Mike McLean. Yeah. And then the twins, Unya and Yolanda. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, I, I seem to remember them being from the Trocadero. Oh, fl- fleeting memories, fleeting memories. Yeah. Uh, speaking of television, the night before Raw, we had the Emmy Awards for 1996. Congratulations to ER that won Best Outstanding Drama Series. Mm-hmm. Helen Hunt, who won Best Comedy Actress for Mad About You. John Lithgow, who won Best Comedy Actor for Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. I can't believe that we're all aliens. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so <laughs> gorgeous. That's <laughs> so good. Great. Uh, but the winner overall for outstanding comedy series was Frasier. Mm. Obviously so. Uh, lots of love for Frasier on this particular night, uh, which is nice talking about it since we stand on the precipice of the reboot of Frasier starring Nicholas Lindhurst and Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Just the, the second it was announced, I just like the fact that everyone just went, Rodney. <laughs> Frasier and Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sad they haven't called it Frasier and Rodney. <laughs> That'd be amazing. He's so good. Just have him play Rodney. He somehow is in the same multiverse as Frasier now, and they just mm. hang out together. Rodney, you plonker. Um, <laughs> Frasier... <laughs> Kelsey Grammer did an interview this week and it was lovely because it was an interview this week where he really puts over uh, Nicholas Lindhurst. Hmm. Uh, but the way he does it is really weird because he's like, hey, wait till Hollywood gets a look at Nicholas Lindhurst because you're all going to want to work with him once you watch Frasier. I'm like, oh yeah, spry young up and comer Nicholas Lindhurst. With his yeah. poker, poker straight bowl cut hair. <laughs> Get this bowl faced youngster into Tinseltown immediately. Hanna Barbera on the phone. They're just like, we're making a live action droopy dog film and you're <laughs> you're the man for the part. Damn it, get me Rodney. <laughs> get me Rodney, damn it. I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> get me Rodney. He'll always be Rodney. It's a it's um I don't think he he likes the fact that he'll always be Rodney. No, but he will always be Rodney. He wants to be is it Gary Sparrow from Goodnight Sweetheart. That's who he wants to be. He loved being Gary Sparrow from Goodnight, and maybe he'll want to be whoever he is in the Frasier reboot. I can't find any pictures from the from the tapings mm. at all. They are better protecting. I guess there's because I think because the the comedy world doesn't have a Dave Meltzer type who <laughs> just dig deep and find out all the spoilers. So I've not seen any pictures from the... Because they finished it. It's all done. It's all in the can. It's edited. It's good to go. It launches in October on Paramount+. Plus. I can't find any pictures of it. I'm desperate to see. I haven't even seen the premise because I think we. I was saying with people, what is, is Frasier going to have a 
a podcast now? Is Rodney his producer or is Rodney his therapist? Or I, I don't know anything apart from it's Frazier and Rodney. That's yeah. all I, <laughs> I think that's all they want us to know. Yeah. The more information that comes out, the less we'll like it. I'm buzzing. I'm booking the week off when it comes I'm, out. I'm just imagining if Frazier's become like the face of InfoWars. Just... <laughs> that would be great. He just needs a massive conspiracy nut. <laughs> and he's just there going, why, Rodney, did you know they've turned the frogs gay? <laughs> like... Oh, I don't know about that, Frazier. <laughs> oh, I've spilt your coffee. Rodney, you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> and a plonker. <laughs> Oh, Rodney and Frazier, do it, you cowards. Um, the day after Raw, this is fun, uh, we had, whilst millions around the world played Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation 1, which was launched in this year. Did you play Crash Bandicoot? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Banger, isn't it? It's, it's so good. Um, Crash Bandicoot, I think, 3 was my favourite, Warped. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, where you went through time and you could play as Coco. You could, yeah. Right, yeah. on the, the animals. On the tigers and that. Tigers. I I went back to, because the relaunched it, didn't he? Was it um, the one the other year where they redid it and it was very, very hard. And I was playing it and I was like, this is very, very hard and I'm not eight years old anymore, so this mm-hmm. isn't going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, they i don't know why they made it i think i think a big flaw with that if i remember was that they kind of gave they had one crash bandicoot model that they put across all three in the remake of the trilogy but the the, the jump was slightly bigger on crash one than crash two mm. but they pretended that everybody was the same as crash two so therefore you had all these jumps that were nigh on impossible to do because the physics was slightly off <laughs> But they hadn't changed any of the sizes of the, mm. the leaps you have to do. So it was a bit of a fucking chew on. But uh, if you weren't playing Crash Bandicoot in the UK, uh, you were watching the first ever episode of Hey Arnold. Wow. Which debuted on the UK TV. It was on ITV. Came out a month before the US got it. That's rare, I, isn't it? Yeah, that is quite rare, especially with cartoons. Started off as a short during Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Okay. It was a plasticine series where it'd be like, uh, hey, Arnold, a little, hey, little character called Arnold getting into hilarious mm-hmm. situations as a young kid. And it was that character that Craig Bartley, the creator, lifted, created a universe for. And hey, Arnold was born. Great cartoon. Really good cartoon. And a bit, a bit, a bit dark and a bit dank in places, but, yeah. but with a good soul that ran all the way through it. Yeah, because when you look at it with like kind of grown up eyes, you're like, oh, all these kids are they're quite poor. The, the area's a bit run down. They've all got really old names: Gerald, Arnold, Helga, mm. Olga, um, Stinky Peterson. Stinky Peterson. <laughs> they have all got old names, haven't they? Mm. Mr. Kakashka, Ruth, Ruth McDougal. Yeah, it was Arnold's love interest, but Helga was the true love interest. And yeah. uh, it would be in 2002 in Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie, which was released straight to DVD, where where hey, where hey Arnold and Helga would officially become an item. Yes, Cody Rhodes, even Helga Pataki finished the fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> I've just realized we haven't spoken about the new title belt. We haven't, have we? No. Well, the 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 new women's belts and the Roman one and and all, all of them of and yeah, 
we haven't spoken about it. I like it. I I get why people are upset with the word undisputed, but I mm -hmm. have a good explanation for that. Um, it's the sense that people are upset because Roman Reigns is still being called the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I, I in my head, I see the World Championship and the Universal Championship as different divisions. Yeah. So he is the undisputed Universal Champion in the same way that Seth Rollins is the undisputed World Champion. Yeah. Different divisions. What do you think of the belts? More importantly. Design-wise, I don't like the World Heavyweight title, but I do like the Undisputed title. Okay. Um, I just think that the World Heavyweight title needed a bit more colour and the detailing in it. Like, it took me a few goes to realise it was Lions. It just needs a bit of shading, and I think it's okay. I just think it's, it's a bit bit of a mess, but I like, what, I like the idea of what they've gone for. And for the Universal title, it's a big WWE on, on gold fine i i don't mind that template that they use it's not the most original but it's eye-catching i'm fine with it we um I, I also like how they brought the women's titles in line yes yeah with the men's titles i think it adds uh it instantly adds prestige to those belts when they're not just yeah. associated with tv shows and they're more associated with divisions yeah and you can move them around much easier oh god yeah because i was writing up about um Asuka, and it was like, oh, Asuka, the Raw champion, gave the belt on SmackDown. I was like, oh, have they not swapped it back over like no. they used to? So, yeah, in, in terms of doing legwork, it is far easier to keep track on which title's which. And you don't have to do that wanky thing where you go, where's my belt? I'll have your belt. I hate that. Yeah. It just undermines title reigns. Yeah, definitely. This doesn't. This is, this is, and, and it's future-proof as well. Yeah. You could see, you know, post-Roman reigns, title reign you could see maybe the undisputed titles moving to raw for a bit and then the world titles moving to smackdown for a bit yeah it'll be fine and and everything will be okay won't it tom everything will always be a okay so look into this week's episode of monday night raw this is where jack atkins uh trawls through spelunks through the wrestling observer uh to tell us what's been happening this week in the bloody wrestling what's happening mm. jack uh, not as much as last week, luckily, because last week was an ordeal for me. <laughs> <laughs> an ordeal is the best way to describe it. Yeah, so we're all caught back up now because the last episode of Raw we did was on a Friday. And in between the Friday Raw and the Raw before, two two issues of The Observer came out. So there's so much going on. So now we're back. We're back all rounded up. So as you've explained before, this episode of Raw is dated September 9th. The Wrestling Observer is dated September 16th um, because it comes out on a Friday, but it's dated from the following Monday. So basically, this issue starts in terms of chron chronology from the episode of Raw we're about to watch through the week, ready for the next one. That's why the dates are different. So Wrestling Observer newsletter dated September 16th, 1996. There's not too much. There's some that will come and we'll approach when we're actually in the episode of Raw, because Dave wasn't very happy with the state of WWF and WCW this week <laughs> through two angles that they ran. And there's a lot of UFC and Pancrease and rings and MMA stuff going on. So a couple of bits that I have gleaned. Um, Undertaker had missed the weekend house shows due to a staph infection in his arm. He cut the arm open during the Boiler Room Brawl match, and it got infected over Labor Day weekend when he worked some shots in Puerto Rico for Carlos Colon. So Undertaker was off the tour, so they brought in Mark Henry 
and in Dave's words, of all people, cowboy Bill Watts to work angles with mankind. Bill Watts. Bill Watts. Wow. So Henry, Mark Henry, greenhorn at this point. He's working Mick Foley in Austin, Houston, Houston, and Dallas, uh, and used the bear hug on mankind. As uh, Davis Boyer, not sure of the exact angle Watts did in Oklahoma City, but he believes he did an interview where he talked about how great the WWF was, and then Paul Bearer came out, Watts ended up slapping him, and then Mankind battered him. So he's described it here as the same angle Watts did with Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express in early 84, which built to probably the biggest house show run in the history of Mid-South. I don't think it's going to build to the biggest house show run in WWF, though. I don't think it is either. <laughs> no, but um, going back to Mark Henry, he's put here, he's, he got what was described as a polite response to his angle, but there are lots of boos when they announce him as the world's strongest man. Because... People have watched the Olympics. It's fresh to the mind. He's like, he's not the world's strongest man. He's he's strong, but come mm, on. Yeah, you can't pull the wool over our eyes. But, uh, right. Wrestlers being wrestlers. And we always forget that, although wrestlers at this point are predominantly grown men, they act like nine-year-old children. <laughs> yes. So they're annoyed. Um the wrestlers have the mentality that they draw all the money and get paid based on what they draw and take the bumps and resent guys getting money that they believed they've derived for the company without going on the road and taking bumps like people are stealing money from them. So they're pretty much pissed off that Mark Henry's come in. He's a big name. And I think we said last week is downside guarantee. It's either 250 or 500 a year, isn't it? I think it's 250. Something well, like that, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of money for someone who's never wrestled before. So obviously, hmm, I wonder... And probably there's no names here, but I can imagine it's probably Bob Holly and John Bradshaw. Layfield aren't <laughs> very happy about this. Always Bob Holly and Bradshaw Layfield. Always yeah. those two. So they're pissed off that this fella's coming. It's like, why is this fella getting paid more than us? It's like, because people know who he is and kind of care at this point in 96. Uh, and apparently Mark Henry also has heat due to bad personality mixes. Not that his personality is bad, but uh, there are those who perceive it as such and blah, blah, blah. The usual backstage childish bullshit from wrestlers. Because, now, this could be a number of things. This could just be a, a lack of awareness of social grace. Mm. Um, or it could be because he doesn't know that you have to shake everyone's fucking hand at a wrestling show. Yeah, <laughs> that they hate him already. Yeah, I think that's an all. I mean, I, 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 I probably get some heat for this from wrestling shows I work for, but I find like shaking everybody's hand takes ages. <laughs> <laughs> I've become one for an Irish goodbye at wrestling shows. Yes, because I, I'm not one for sticking around for ages, and I apologize because I know a few people from some of the shows I work for do listen to these, and I apologize. But I just normally, by the time a show finishes, it's very late. And I normally have something on work-wise the next day. So rather than sort of saying goodbye to everybody, I've normally got an Uber booked before I've walked out for my final bit. I'm like Booker T with his DoorDash. Um, uh, I've got something booked and on the way. And I just literally jump out the fire exit. Off we go. See you later. I did it when we, did, <laughs> when we did Cultaholic Live. Yeah, you did. You, you, you did quite Irish goodbye. Yeah, because I was, I was planning house move stuff, and I was just like, I've got to get off. See you later. Have a good show. See you later, Joe Hendry. Why, Joe Hendry's here. And then I buggered off and just dove outside <laughs> into a car and went home. Into a way to go. You got to see Joe Hendry, though, so that was nice. Yeah, I got to see the uh, Impact Digital Media Championship. I had a little look and went, oh, good luck tonight. See you later. Oh, because that's like, because I know you're the Impact Wrestling 
Yeah. Super fan in the office. So I thought that must have been a little treat for you. To, it was. It was a nice to, little treat. To the Impact Digital Media Championship in your, in, in your general postcode area. Yeah. Well, talking about general postcode area. Here we go. There are other television proposals out there. Uh... <laughs> Nailed it. So we're going back to this idea that WWF were thinking about running Saturday pay-per-view shows. Um, it's saying here, the idea of doing it on pay-per-view has been dropped, but McMahon still wants to do a Saturday night ECW-like live show from New York. So shotgun Saturday night's coming. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. about... Oh, go on. Are you guys not, not the only new TV, not the only other TV show that's on the horizon. That's true. I thought you were going to make a cum joke then, so I, I was uh, terrified. How dare for you? Second. I'm not rude, man. <laughs> Talking about rude, man. All charges were dropped in Syracuse against the military guys who attacked Sean Michaels. They were very rude, man. <laughs> Dave just put. Don't know why, but they've been dropped. <laughs> how many? How many were charged? Now we can. Now, how many charges were dropped? Now we get the ultimate answer to the question. Uh, 256, man. <laughs> the reason all the charges were dropped because we just couldn't get them all into the couldn't get them all into the courthouse at the same time. There was just so many people <laughs> that beat up Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Do, do we know if the 1989 Honda Civic that 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 kidnapped British Bulldog has been <laughs> has been has been charged or not? No, I think uh, Davy Boy's actually fused into the seat now, and he's part man, part car. He's like Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> It's like some sort of body horror movie that he's. He's just like I'm the car now, and like his wife will drive. He'll drive past. He'll drive past his wife's house, and he'll just look, and he'll see a little tear roll down his eye because he's fused to the car, and he can't. But he doesn't want her to see him anymore because he's a freak. He just talks through the radio. It's like it's like hello, it's Davy in the morning with me, with me, Davy morning, morning, Davy. Who? Oh. <laughs> I miss my wife. <laughs> you go, no, dada, no, dada. And he just says that whenever he can't think of anything. It's just 23 hours of him saying no, dada. <laughs> oh, it's a good body horror film, that. I like it. Yeah. They're talking about body horror. Kurt Angle was in the WWF <laughs> office on September the 5th and had a meeting with Vince McMahon. So Dave's put here, they must feel there's a decent shot of getting him because the fact... It was announced last week on TV, wasn't it, on the mm. Friday Raw? Uh, there's no deal done at this point. There's also been interest in Matt Kafari, who took the silver in Greco-Roman in the super heavyweight division at the Olympics. Mm. So, but um, some other news. Tom Pritchard is regularly training Dwayne Johnson, Mark Henry, and uh, Akim Albrecht, the, the future Brachus. Wow, uh, what a killer's row they are. They're expected to debut shortly. Uh, Mark Henry has been involved with Jerry Lawler. And as Dave's put here about Dwayne Johnson, with his background in the sport and some experience, he's the most advanced in this class. You wouldn't say. <laughs> um, as for Brackus, he has a soccer and boxing background before he got into a high level of competitive bodybuilding. He's in his early 30s, which is fairly, start to the, uh, fairly late to start wrestling. And Dave guesses the idea of using him is both the physique fetish, with which Vince McMahon has had great success in the past at marketing, and they reckon they want a German superstar for European tours because the European tours do well because because of just Bret Hart, basically. Yeah. So, so the idea is, oh, Bret is probably coming back, but if he doesn't, we might want a German lad in there. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Having somebody else that they can use on the European run. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we, we've seen him before he became Mansoir. Mansoir, we, we, we'd only see him at the Saudi shows, wouldn't we, until <laughs> they actually established him on TV, and he's amazing. 
and then they never used him. Yeah. Livid. Yeah. Talking to people WF are hoping to use, that's kind of a link. I'm getting better. You're doing um, well. They're hopeful to get Brian Pillman in the ring by mid-November, but it's too early to pinpoint a date, and they're hopeful that Ahmed Johnson will return at the December pay-per-view show. He's said to be feeling a lot better. <laughs> Is that what he said, or did he say, Yes, Ahmed. <laughs> in a lovely red silk gown just on oh, his couch. I love his silk red gown. I'm going to get you one. Thanks, mate. I'll do the show in an Ahmed Johnson red gown. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One last little bit of news. Uh, it's a bit of WCW news. Sean Waltman officially got his release this past week from WWF because we were saying he was being held up as a kind of legal gimp during this big, stupid lawsuit they've got between... I say stupid. A valid lawsuit they've got between the two. Uh, and Dave reckons, you know, he's, he'll be either introduced on the next WCW pay-per-view or the next episode of Nitro. So well, he's we'll have to be wait and see. Since his mates are coming back to WWF. And he's oh, just no. Across, oh, it's... James Storm and Bobby Roode all over again. It's like maximum <laughs> overdrive. <laughs> Poor James Storm. Poor James Storm. God love him. So that's the Observer for this week. And like a tighter, brighter one this week. Yeah, thank God. I needed it. <laughs> over to Monday night for the 9th of September, 1996. Opening video hyping up the Intercontinental Title Tournament. Tonight we have the final round, the final first round match between Savio Vega and Farouk. Uh, Ahmed Johnson warns whoever holds the belt at the end of the tournament, which means they'll have hell to pay. So Ahmed, spicy to get his hands back on his IC title. God have mercy, cries Jim Ross, as he reveals the rumors of the Undertaker's death were greatly exaggerated. He's in one-on-one action tonight after the awful things that happened to him. He's back in the ring again. Nice opening video. Gets it was, the party yeah. started. 
and a, a, a bit of yeah, a bit of bit more JR because obviously he's been on commentary these last few weeks. Vince has sat out these tapings, but Jim is the voiceover guy as well. Very nice. They're swapping over. They you know they they swap the work around, which is nice to see. Mm. Uh, Farouk and Savio Vega opens Monday Night Raw this week. Jim Ross calls Sunny as she leads Farouk to the ring. A Jezebel who needs a trip to the woodshed. So getting two of his famous tropes in within one sentence, I believe that's 10 points. Lawler, meanwhile, is whooping like that horny dog in the Betty Boo cartoon. <laughs> Hitting himself in the head with a shoe as his tongue rolls out. <laughs> Kevin Kelly, thank God, is there to get us back on track as he as he runs down the card for the night. It's the debut of the Stalker. Ooh. Oh, some fun to be fucking out here. <laughs> Sean Michaels and Jose Lothario are here. Their graphic looks like an odd couple sitcom cycle <laughs> screen with Jose Lothario crossing his arms with his back to Sean Michaels. Like, what's he like? <laughs> You'd imagine it appear in the corner just as like ER is ending. Just to say, coming up next, it's an all new Sean and Jose. <laughs> He's like, Sean, how many times have I told you? You can't flush Johnny's down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Sean, you silly fuck. That's what it's called. Sean, you silly fuck. Weeknights on USA. Uh, also, The Undertaker is in action tonight, and he is facing Salvatore Sincere, the undefeated Salvatore Sincere. Undertaker is fucked. Uh, <laughs> we, we start with a long headlock between Savio Vega and Farouk. A long Fucking long, fucking long headlock. Savio breaks free. He goes to a cross body, but Farouk catches him and just fucking drops him like he's hay. Drops him in front of Sonny, which I think was meant to be symbolic. It's like, there you go. Found you a body. <laughs> I think that's what he was doing. <laughs> Savio <So>, mounts a... <laughs> like when a cat brings you a dead mouse, he's <laughs> yeah. just brought a Savio Vega. <laughs> I imagine that happened every day, every week at Sonny's house. So Farouk would go out through the Farouk flap, come back with a, <laughs> come back with a mid carder and just go, got you that. You, you always wanted your own Aldo Montoya. Do you love it? <laughs> Teaching you how to hunt. You've lost, you've lost your mid carder, Chris Cadido. Yeah. He hasn't been on telly for ages. Savio mounts a comeback, gets a two count off a spinning wheel kick. His momentum is depleted by a big old spine buster. And then, one ticket, please, to Rest Hold City, bitch. Uh, another Rest Hold. We come back from break as Sonny is pulling on Farouk's foot to help keep the pressure on a very long Rest Hold. JR on, my, on the mic as Savio is hulking up. Savio's got to use that quickness or he's going to end up like Tupac Shakur before all this is over with. I was genuinely expecting the first jibe about Tupac to come from Jerry Lawler, not Jim Ross. Yeah, and then Jerry uh, Jerry follows up with, he's got more shots lately, lately than Jake Roberts at Happy Hour. And I was Jesus. just like, Jesus. Yeah. He's a real man. He's still warm. He's still, I don't think he's even passed yet. It's no. crazy. Savio's comeback is thwarted once again as Farouk throws him into the bottom buckle and, oh good, another fucking rest hold. Uh, Farouk goes for a Brett's rope headbutt and it gives Savio an opening for a boot, but then Farouk just fucking clotheslines him down and, oh, fuck me! Another rest hold! Savio, after 10 years, breaks it up with possibly 
the worst stutter I've ever seen. <laughs> Back body dropped attempt from Savio. Mercifully gets countered into a Dominator by Farouk. It still hasn't got the name, so it's the move soon to be known as the Dominator for the three count. Jack, I don't know whether this was just me in a weird mood. This was shit. <laughs> it was a bit long and plodding, wasn't it? Farouk's not looked Apart from that initial attack on Ahmed when they put him in the ring, it's just like, oh, it's just a bit boring. Boring. He's boring. That's what it yeah. is. He's boring. I seem to remember he had a bit of that tight end energy when he was Ron Simmons. Like, he was a bit more impactful and a bit more explosive. Yeah. And he will be that as Farouk in the Acolytes and the APA. But he's so bad. Like, I, mean, I feel like Vince has told him to fucking rest hold. I, I can <laughs> The only positive is they're trying to make the IC title seem a bit bigger. Bigger. They're trying to keep its prestige, so they don't want anyone getting squashed. And a longer match is probably the right call. But Jesus, lads, come to the table with more than this. Mm. Really, really bad showing. Sonny gets on the microphone to declare Farouk the winner and promises that he will mow through Psycho Sid. Say his name and he'll appear. I believe in Psycho Sid. Here he comes, sweating like Tom last night and walks yeah. towards the ring to a massive pop. Oh, my God. Sid is so fucking over. And he's doing his Charlie Chuck laugh. He just turns up going, eh, bow wow. And I'm just like, ah, oh, this is brilliant. It's so good. So <laughs> bloody good. He squares up to Farouk, but referees get between them, so neither look weak. We're going to get that match, I believe, next week or the week after in the Intercontinental title tournament. I'm fascinated to see how that goes. Oh, because yeah. Because Sid, when with the right person, is all right. With the wrong person, he's atrocious. Yeah. Farouk so far has been boring as balls. I don't have a lot of hope for this one. <laughs> but I, I I don't know. I think Sid's raw magnetism and the fact that he's over might make it okay. I think they might just work through it. They might work through it. Fingers crossed. We get a recap of the action zone from yesterday and the WWF stars sending messages to Ahmed Johnson. And there's a real smorgasbord of messages here. Savio tells him to listen to his doctor. Bob Backlund says Ahmed's campaign is over. <laughs> Sid puts Ahmed over as one of the greatest competitors, and he really hopes he'll be back soon. Even Steve Austin wishes Ahmed a speedy recovery, so when he comes back, he can pound his other kidney. <laughs> Mark Henry's looking forward to meeting him. Whilst Clarence <laughs> and May... <laughs> looking forward to meeting you. Looking forward to working with you. Clarence Mason says there's a possible lawsuit here. Mm. Mar Marlena and Goldust offer to serve Ahmed his lost kidney with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> nice reference to the film. Um, uh, don't be a menace. South Central. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right one, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Close, close enough. Ahmed Johnson's kidney. It's new ones coming from Jake Roberts, says Jerry fucking Lawler. Fuck off, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler, who literally is is, is a one-trick pony. <laughs> like a good pony, he should be shot and turned to glue. <laughs> like, like a good pony, he's open to get kids. Phineas Godwin made me laugh this, by just this, bursting this, out, happy birthday. I was pissing myself at that. It's literally just... Have, have a birthday. And it just turns. He goes, no, get well. And he goes, oh, uh, get well. And it just cuts. <laughs> Brilliant. 
proper roared when that happened. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Owen says he hates to see a friend or a foe hurt, but he says he won't go easy on Ahmed when he gets back. Mm-hmm. And that concludes the action zone segment with with requests for Ahmed. The clip finishes with one of the most nineties transitions ever. The the graphic spins around and then disappears along the bottom of the screen as the sound of a fax machine accompanies it. <laughs> I've noticed this week that somebody has somebody's been out to town and bought like a, a CD of wipes and transitional sound effects. Yeah. Somebody's got like a copy of Corel Draw and they're making these new graphics with sounds and stuff like during the that Farouk Savio snore fest. We had graphics for the matches later on appearing accompanied by like whoa, whoosh, sound effects that make it sound big. Yeah, so people are just like, ooh, Salvatore Sincere is coming. That sounds made me excited. <laughs> I wasn't bothered about Tom Brandy before, but now that news that sounds that that sound that sounds a bit like the Doom door opening is played. <laughs> I really want to watch that match. <laughs> what a joy. Uh <laughs> We get the Mind Games trail again from last week. It's a great trail. Play that mm. forever. This is different. Carlos Cabrera's in the ring. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the fuck are you doing there, Carlos? What are you doing here? <laughs> oh. Mental. Carlos Cabrera is the long-running, long-suffering WWF lead Spanish announcer. He and Hugo mm. Savanovich uh, have been doing, end up doing WWF commentary for decades. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him in this particular role, what he's about to do. No, definitely the first time I've seen it. Uh, he's in the ring interviewing Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario. And I think, you know, not to patronise, I think he was really good. I mean, I did think he had a cadence like Christopher Walken, but <laughs> I'm not going to take the piss out of someone who is bilingual when I can barely speak English myself. So... <laughs> Carlos asks if Shawn Michaels is ready for mankind. Before answering, Shawn addresses what is left of Camp Cornette, saying the only one left of Cornette is Cornette. And Jose Lothario is going to clean his clock at Mad Games. Uh, Jose Lothario passionately, passionately speaks Spanish and promises to clean Cornet's clock like never before. Mm. Now, did you read this as the an announcement of the match. Yes. I, I, I saw it as both an announcement of the match and basically hinting that Jim Cornette's getting written off TV. Mm. I did as well, but then after I watched Raw this week, I, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, I did have a little scan through Superstars from a few days before, in which Jim Cornette cuts a promo on Jose Lothario, saying that he's getting trained by Vader and has an advantage in age by not being an old, broken-down man. So... Whether or not they've just sort of announced the match during a, a like an earlier vignette, or, mm. or and we're just expected to know it, but either way, we're getting Jose Lothario versus Jim Cornette at, in your house, man games. Hooray! The, they did a run through of this. They did a dry run the other week in Toronto at that big stadium event that they did, mm. and in terms of the live crowd reaction, it went down really well. Okay, so they're going to do basically the same thing again. Well, the the old carny pros aren't they they know how to work an audience yeah that's it it's just it's just jim's just got to be a bit of a dick and then super socks just got to whack him in the face and then everyone goes home happy yeah it's a dream on to mankind Shawn michael says he's got a lot more guts than brains luckily 
he has, not mankind. And in your house, he promises to stop the rough shot that my, mankind is running through the WWF. Michaels warns Paul Bearer and mankind that the Undertaker will get hold of you and bury you alive. Mm. Mm. Interesting choice of words there, Mr. Hickenbottom. But he's got to worry about Shawn Michaels first. I'm not your mommy. I'm not your friend. But I'm going to be your daddy. Remember one thing, mankind. Do not hunt what you can't kill. Etc. Mm. Thoughts on Shawnee Boy's promo here? I thought Shawn was sound. He's, he's, he's an underrated mic guy, I always think. He's he's not one of the ones apart from obviously you know who's your daddy Montreal. He's not one that you instantly think of when you think of who are the best at cutting a promo. But he's solid, and this was another one where he, he shows a little humility, um, and he he gives you a reason to get behind him. And I thought, he, yeah, it's with hindsight, I know that the matter of mankind is going to be pretty good, but this has made me like interested in it. It's like okay, right, yeah, he's he's given his thoughts on the whole situation. Fine. Yeah. A trailer for a new WWF show begins to air here. We hear Jim Ross, Todd Pettingill, and Doc Hendricks reacting to callers in a variety of shocked ways. On the screen, the words, it's coming, totally live, totally interactive, totally unpredictable. On September 21st, the WWF will revolutionize the world of sports entertainment. Plug in September 21st. And this is Jack Atkins. Livewire. It's Livewire! Debut episode of Livewire coming up. This is the World Wrestling Federation's attempt at a game-changing part-shoot, part-work, part-worky-shoot, part-shooty-work phone-in show. Hmm. Do you reckon they'd basically seen how much WCW were making on the hotline and thought if we can kind of do it live that's more of a reason for people to call in if they get to hear themselves on tv yeah i think this is reactive rather than proactive yeah i think they they seen some of the tricks that wcw pull i.e gene oakle and plug in his superstar line like it's going out of fashion and 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 pointing people towards like shock wrestling news which you have to listen here on but making it an appointment to listen this is kind of a hybrid of the superstar line of the mean gene oakland hotline and the q a sessions that wwf would do on prodigy and aol yeah a hybrid of all of these things to create this sort of phone in serious satellite-esque radio show on television and we are going to get some juicy stuff from some episodes of Livewire. And I think it's a good idea as well putting Todd on there because obviously he's a radio guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't remember. I, the only memories I had of Livewire were of it being the, the recap show with Michael Cole on it. So for these early ones, I mean, I'd be surprised if Vince McMahon was on it, but Christ, God help everyone if he is. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, we get a few sort of names in the first few episodes. I'm sure we get Vince McMahon. I'm sure we get Vic Venom. Oh. You know who that is, bro? You see, he's from New York. (laughs) Give me a coffee and put a poor match on. (laughs) Hulk Hogan, you bald son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The politics behind that curtain. 
I'm an American man. That's right. It's Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> if only it was. If only Gilbert Gottfried was the general manager of WCW. Okay. <laughs> Get up that pole! Um, <laughs> we're denied. We're truly denied. I believe um, we get somebody on. We'll, we'll we'll be talking soon about an episode of Livewire, which features a call uh, from Bruce from Stanford, mm. which turns out to be Paul from Philadelphia. Paul from Philadelphia. <laughs> you <laughs> you stole my Godfrey again. You stole my company. <laughs> Screw you! I hate your guts. <laughs> Right, so that's coming soon. I'll keep tabs on what happens on Livewire, uh, and we'll no doubt deep dive into it when we get there. <laughs> Screw you. Okay, TL Hopper's already in the ring, and he is waiting for his opponent, the debuting stalker, Barry Windham, hmm. a.k.a. just the stalker. Now, on Superstars this week, we had a stalker promo. We had a stalker promo where the cameraman is, like, going through the woods. And you can hear Stalker going, you can't find me. I'm over here. Look up. I'm up here. And the camera cuts up and Barry Windham's in a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am hiding in the tree. I'm at the top and I'll be at the top of the World Wrestling Federation. And then he vanishes and the word Stalker appears on the screen. And it sounds like Vincent Mann going, the Stalker. This is shit. I'm excited. When he said Barry Windham's in a tree, I was just imagining red tights, black leather vest. <laughs> the JJ Dillon doing that. The best Barry Windham in a tree. <laughs> if you looked a bit further up, you'd have seen Gary Von Erich in the tree. Kevin Von Erich as well, because he lives, he now famously lives in the trees. <laughs> okay, we're getting our first look at the stalker which is Barry Windham's WWF gimmick. Oh, my God. It is a fucking state. Mm. Windham is covered in camouflage-style face paint. He's wearing a skin-tight camouflage sleeveless top and black cargo pants. He is billed as being from the environment. (laughs) From outside. (laughs) Just a part of me has just gone on a, a flight of fan- fancy, figured of Vince McMahon being like, how can I stick it to Turner? That's right. Captain Planet can fuck off. We've got the stalker. <laughs> I like, I actually agree that Vince McMahon wouldn't be able to distinguish the difference between the stalker and Captain Planet. You're doing the same thing, damn it. <laughs> right. Um, Barry had a chat on the Wrestling Shoes Interviews YouTube channel about the Stalker persona. Uh, He says he was pulled into a meeting with Vince and Bruce, and Vince literally said, I want you to paint your face and be a Stalker guy. (laughs) Barry was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, Barry Windham, I was NWA champion (laughs) the other year. But he went, all right, you're paying me, so I'll do it. Uh, it uh, during house shows, Barry Winter would get a bollocking because desperate to make the gimmick his own, he'd sometimes, instead of wearing like those big, thick sort of JVC boots, he'd wear his cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince was like, what are you doing, dickhead? They've got BW on them in red leather. 
Get the JVCs on instead. Jesus. Um, Barry believes that, as we all know, if you're not a born WWF guy, you have to be broken down and rebuilt when you rejoin. So there's no way that Vince would have ever let Wyndham be Barry Wyndham. Mm. Because that was, and because then if he did well, it would mean that there was a good idea that he didn't have. So therefore, it's you know, it's it's live or die trying when well, making he, a character. Wasn't he a two-time WWF tag team champion at this point? It's but not he, like he's, but he's never spent, been there. It's true, but he spent so much time yeah. in WCW and the end and part of the NWA. Yeah, You're right though, he had been very much established in the eighties. But again, Vince's mind is a weird fucking place. You know, the same guy who go, Randy's too old to wrestle. Get over here, Nikolai Volkov. Can you please do your Russia gimmick? Oh, Barry Windham. Oh, you were there during Nikolai Volkov's era, who's now doing the same gimmick as he was doing. Yeah, you're a stalker now. (laughs) No rhyme, no no reason at all. Now, there were reports in newsletters that the plan was for the stalker to come in as a heel and work against Mark Marrow. There was a lot of speculation, a lot of reports in, in, in dirt sheets and the like, that an angle, and you might even find this in weeks to come, that one angle will feature Barry Windham as the stalker cutting Sable's throat. Wow. <laughs> Barry, in this interview that I watched with Wrestling Shoot Interviews, laughed this off and said, no, they never pitched that to me. So I don't know where that's come from. Possibly Bruce Pritchard flight of fantasy. The idea of Stalker versus Wildman makes sense, though. Mm, yeah, you could you could have a cinematic match in the jungle. Yeah, but just like the way you know they had Big Boss Man, and his counterpoint was nails, and they had um, I know Skinner was meant to feud with the Dragon, wasn't he? At one point, so this makes sense on that. And I looked up Sable. Apparently, a Sable is a small kind of weasel, so perhaps he's just he just hates weasels, and he's like, I'm gonna. Quite a throat. Thank fuck Bobby Heenan's on the other side at this point. <laughs> He'd have been in a lot of bother. <laughs> what are your thoughts before we go any deeper on the aesthetic of the stalker? He looks terrible. Because <laughs> I'm just looking at him going, What's Barry Windham done there? Because <laughs> he's still got his his really thin blonde Barry Windham hair. And a bit of a mustache, and he's covered in paint, and then a t-shirt that doesn't fit. And he was—he was always a bit of a hoss, so you shouldn't be putting him in a skin tight. It just looks rubbish. He—he—he looks like a parody character. He looks like a fake Kane, like that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like he's been invited to a fancy dress party, but forgotten about it, and last minute has just gone and found whatever's in the cupboard that he can wear as a costume. <laughs> What have you come as? The environment. Okay. <laughs> Put your coat over there, please, Barry. I guess he has found his dream opponent because obviously he being from the woods, he's facing a man who looks like he shits in the woods. <laughs> in T.L. Hopper. <laughs> you're right. Exactly what you said, Jack, is you're right. They need to find their counterparts. Yeah. And they found it straight away. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> WWF Raw and this debut match in particular is sponsored by Nestle 100 Grand, uh, which is a chocolate bar uh, now produced by the Ferrera Candy Company, who mm. own Ferrera Roger. But it was originally made by Nestle in the 60s. Uh, it's chocolate caramel and crisped rice. Uh, it tastes so good, it's almost illegal. 
said one of the first slogans. <laughs> Bear in mind, it was chocolate in the 60s. So they probably did. There was probably something in there that was illegal. Paint. Like, <laughs> filled with paint. Uh, this chocolate bar has been involved in two famous radio lawsuits. Oh, I can already guess why. Mm. Uh, in the mid-90s, Opie and Anthony uh, on WAAF-FM said they were going to give away 100 grand on their radio show. And when somebody won it, they revealed, yeah, you've won a 100 grand, the chocolate bar. Um, not happy. In 2005, DJ Slick from WLTOFM in Lexington, Kentucky, did the same thing and said, and, and uh, the, uh, the, the a woman rang through, got through, and then he went, you've won 100 grand, the chocolate bar. To which she said, no, you said it was money. <laughs> And ended up taking them to court. Originally, they offered to pay her five grand. And she went, all right, and the other 95 that you owe me. As I was going to say, if they didn't say it was money, then they're fine. Because 100 grand is not $100,000. Yeah, so they, they, they were the they second. Were, yeah, the second they said a hundred thousand dollars, they were in trouble. But they were sure to only say a hundred grand, which I think was a sticking point in the mm. in the thing. As in uh, another, there was another famous radio thing that came after this. I think, or maybe just before it, that was cited, whereby a radio station said they were giving away a new mini, and when the person won it, it turned out to be a toy car rather than an actual car. Huh. Uh, just a thought, radio presenters. You know what? Don't be cunts. Because um, it's a really cutty thing to do. I remember as well, was it on KBBL? They were going to give away an elephant. Um, and uh, a Bartholomew J. Simpson ended up uh, storming the <laughs> studios until he got his elephant. And that's a play on another famous story, which is actually a Netflix series, which is to do with Pepsi and how during the 90s they did a thing with pepsi points where yeah. when you had pepsi cans you would you get points and then you could cash them in for like jackets and hoodies and shirts and stuff like that but in the advert it showed you uh, somebody driving a fighter jet uh, and, and and at the bottom it said like 1 million pepsi points and somebody went here you go i've got a million pepsi points here i want my fighter jet and they went no it's not a real wasn't a real part of the joke but they went at no point in the advert did you say it was a joke and they went back and forth for years over this. And I don't think the guy even ended up winning anything. He was offered a settlement of several hundred thousand dollars. But he went, no, I want a fighter jet. You mm. promised me a fighter jet. I don't think he didn't get the fighter jet in the end. Yeah, because if you think about it, if it was a million points, say the average price of a Pepsi can was 50 cents. Mm. That's what, 500 grand he would have, you'd have to spend to get a million points. And a fighter jet's about what? Six million dollars each, so I'm not too sure how much fighter jets go for these days. Well, back then, probably that it'd probably be even more now, but they cost millions, so yeah, stupid, stupid Pepsi, stupid Pepsi, stupid people. Anyway, let's talk about the stalker, oh, TL Hopper. Okay, <laughs> as a brawl between TL Hopper and Barry Windham gets started, we then uh, this is Barry Windham's debut as the stalker. Hey, here's the first batch of the stalker. Let's cut to a picture in picture with Owen Hart and Brian Pillman. Pillman reveals the Bret Hart scoop uh, that he has this week, that he has managed to reunite Bret and Owen Hart. They are back together, and uh, potentially as a tag team. And in your house, Bret Hart will make a shocking announcement. Dun, dun, dun. Bret and Owen back together as, as, as reunited, apparently. They never say a team. I'm just assuming a team, but they say reunited, don't they? I mean... 
and you throw Brian Pillman in there, and there's 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 a couple of seeds planted here, which made my heart skip a beat. Oh, right in the foundation of the heart, I'd imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Let's focus on the debut of the Stalker. We've had mm. some distractions. Let's focus on the day. De- oh wait, no. Because JR's now reading a statement that he's prepared, apologizing for releasing the Diesel and Razor Ramon return news prematurely last week and, and consequently causing a snag in negotiations. So last week on the Classic Raw Review, we talked about this, how JR announced on commentary that Diesel and Razor Ramon are coming back to the World Wrestling Federation that made WCW go, what? Huh? And, 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 and as we said last week, it made Bischoff walk up to Kevin Ash and Scott Hall and say, do you want another bag of money? Because <laughs> he wasn't sure how true it was. And Kevin Ash was just like, well, yeah, I love money. <laughs> I will happily take another bag of your delicious money. So Dave Meltzer wasn't happy about this because the same week that WWF were pushing this bollocks, WCW did a spoiler uh a, a fake sting angle as well. And he's just like, mm. he's like, what's the state of wrestling where we're just trying to hoodwink people into watching? <laughs> and a good chunk of the newsletter was in just going berserk. So we've got some more, <laughs> more details. Um, he said, despite hype to the contrary, there were no updates on either uh, Mania or Action Zone as both shows were taped the previous Tuesday because Jim Ross said, oh, I'll, have, I'll have more details but he didn't. Vince McMahon didn't even come up with this angle until Thursday, at which very at which point very few in WWF were clued in on what was going on. <laughs> and most in the company were stunned by Ross announcing live on air that Diesel and Razor Ramon were coming back to the company. So on the Monday afternoon, Vince McMahon sent a post online in continuation of this angle saying that Ross would be forced to apologize, which he would. Um Doing the swerve that they were dropping the angle since most people probably assumed Hall and Nash weren't coming back. But as we saw uh, on Raw, he, he said he was standing by his story, standing by the negotiation, said, oh, no, did my sources say Diesel and Razor Ramon are coming, so by gum, they're coming. Um, and it, Dave was saying, because this keeps stretching out, this will go on throughout the rest of this episode of Raw, he reckons, you know, it was a ploy by WWF to keep people watching. And he said there was minimal change in ratings once the show got going. Um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall knew nothing of this angle, finding out amidst the ton of commotion within wrestling whilst appearing on Friday night at a WCW house show in Shreveport. There is no loophole in their respective contracts, which have more than two years left, nor have there been any talks then rejoin the WWF. Dave goes on to predict, he's like, this story's going to tank. He's like, this is going to bomb. And, you know, with hindsight, we know he's right. But he adds one last little bit saying, WCW really can't react publicly to deny the story because of the lawsuit. Because by reacting and saying that Razor Ramon and Diesel, since the names Kevin Nash and Scott Hall have never been used by WWF, or even not using those names and talking about the wrestlers Titan is referring to being under contract and not leaving, it, this all plays into WWF's hands. So WCW can't say anything. Because just got to ignore because it. In, 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 as, a, as a shoot... They can't say Diesel or Razor Ramon because they yeah. say they'll have their hands slapped immediately. As a work, they can't even acknowledge like, oh, there's some rumors that they're going somewhere else because like, well, good. Yeah. You don't want them there. So that's great. That's surely. Yeah. Why are you upset about that? Like, that's good. They're dickheads. Let them and go. Be- <laughs> and because WWF didn't say Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as well, they just said Diesel and Razor. Yeah. So do we see the we've got to be like, we don't know who they are. 
Brilliant. These are just two men who look like them. So it's 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 actually a good bit of chess by WWF. It's it's a wonderful little checkmate there by mm. by by Vince et al. Um, but yes, JR says he stands steadfast, as you say, with his sources, and I'll have more to reveal later. Let's keep on keeping on. Kevin Kelly remembers, oh, hang on, the Stalker's debuting. We should probably focus on that for at least a minute. <laughs> he gets everyone back on track. JR says that, he's, that, that the Stalker stalks one animal a year. Now, I'm not a hunter, but that sounds like really crap numbers. Yeah, you'd be know. starving, wouldn't you? If yeah, you... he kills one animal a year. He's shit then, basically. Yeah. So all that time dicking about in trees. He's just there going, I hope Spider-Man comes through this forest. I'll show Craven <laughs> who's who. I'm starving. I've been sat in this bush for six months. But I swear, if that vole walks past again, I'm going to have him. I don't know which of these berries will make me feel full and which will make me shit my pants. So <laughs> I'll eat none of them. Gig. <laughs> <laughs> Green the plant, shit your pants. I think that was the rhyme I was taught in school. <laughs> Red the berry, Brian Ferry, yeah. And Brian Ferry notoriously had a good stomach. <laughs> <laughs> JR, okay, Stalker ends TL Hopper with a superplex. What a debut. Awful gimmick. Absolutely no attention paid. And when they do pay attention, they fucking bury him as a shit stalker. <laughs> This is up there as one of my worst yet favourite debuts ever. I won't lie to you. I paid no attention to this match because I was no. too busy. I was too busy going, ooh, Owen and Brett and Brian Pilbin. That's wonderful. That's about it. It was all just punches and then I think a side slab at one point and then yeah. a superplex to win it all. Well done, Stalker. <laughs> You're in. Uh, <laughs> we get a recap of Mr. Perfect stealing Hunter Hearst Helmsley's women for his wife mine. He did it on Superstars again. Savio beat Hunter Hearst Helmsley when he was distracted by Mr. Perfect leaving the commentary table to steal another Hunter lady. I think he's just going to turn up with them all in like a carnival cage. <laughs> all, them off. all doing the can-can with Mr. Perfect in the middle. <laughs> and Hunter's like, what was the point in that? Well, just that bit there. It's done now. You're free. He <laughs> let's them all free and they run into oncoming traffic. <laughs> just like a giant game of frogger <laughs> we get a recap of mark henry and jerry lawler from last week they're having a match at mind games apparently and lawler is buzzing to bury some more new talent good on you good yeah. on you lad uh in ring it is freddie joe floyd the hey. pride of bowlegs uh he is facing crush with Clarence Mason. Uh, Lawler says Clarence is trying to get Crush the job as spokesman for Hertz Rent-A-Car. Did you get I this? Picked, I, I heard it, but I thought, I know what you're like for a deep dive. Go on, mm. enlighten uh, me. The previous spokesman was OJ Simpson. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the connection there. Uh, orange, orange Crush, Orange Juice. Oh, yeah. Follow me, don't follow me. And as it says on the sign, I, I got, got my, my orange, orange crush. crush. Now, now you, you listen, listen here, here my, my little, little buttercup. buttercup. Why, Why don't, don't you, you fill, fill me up? up? 
Buttercup <laughs> baby, baby, just, just to let, let me, me downstairs for, for the kitchen. The kitchen. I'm glad we've got that sign because otherwise I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah, I'd never know where the buttercups or the kitchens were. <laughs> anyway, Crush dominates Bowleg's best son as Clarence Mason joins commentary. Uh, Crush hits a military press and a leg drop but refuses to keep Freddy down for three. Mason complains that Gorilla Monsoon has it in for Crush despite the fact offering a clearly a mentalist with a criminal record a full-time <laughs> WWF contract. Yeah, you're really, yeah, you're really struggling. He's really he's been a dick towards him. Yeah. But before any more action can <laughs> unfold on the commentary desk or otherwise, Crush lands the heart punch for the win, which I believe is the first time he's, he's used the heart punch as his finish. I think it was a this full is Nelson last time. It was, wasn't it? Is this? I think this is only his second match back on Raw, isn't it? Maybe his third. Definitely. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, the finisher from Stan the Man Stasiak. Yes, and Ox Baker. And Ox Baker, yes. Yeah. So this is so you know a, a classic finisher, which is oh, I just I never got on with the heart punch. I like it. I quite like it. It's like a lot yeah. of setup. It does feel like a lot of setup, but I just always think sometimes with like with wrestling, I'm just like, oh, if I was in a fight and I either did the overdrive or the play of the day, or got a fella and punched him really hard in the heart, <laughs> what would be better? And I'm just like, ah. There's, there's, there's space for a heart punch in my in my life. That's very true. That's yeah. very true. I like that. I like your thinking there. Yeah, uh, yeah so Freddie takes a loss once again. Sorry, Freddie. Yeah. Uh, we get a recap of Championship Friday and that wonderfully rambly promo that Bob Backlund and the Iron Sheik did. Christ. Uh, still no further along as to where we're at with that, but they, their new arrival is arriving imminently. Mm. I'll tell you that much. Uh, another trailer that looks a bit like the Livewire one. So obviously they have got themselves a new Corel Draw video suite package, and they're just using the same template. I like to think the template's called Marble One. <laughs> it's been on air longer than Seinfeld. Broadcast more original episodes than Monday Night Football. And when it made its television debut, the cast of Friends were still pimple-faced kids. WWF superstars premiere in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> uh, this is this is of course we mentioned we talked about this in depth last week. It's the it's it's the full season. Yes. So this is where a lot of shows get renewed, restarted. This is where you'll see brand new TV shows air. So whilst other channels are launching new shows, WWF are pushing their existing shows and they're kind of hard resetting them. We see it like with the Raw premiere and the SmackDown premiere. Yeah, which always annoys me because it's just like, oh, it's the premiere of the new season. It's like, but you don't have seasons. It's continuous. The story never ends. You've told yeah. us that. Yeah. If your but... story ended, then it'd be fine. <laughs> the story nearly ends here for Salvatore. Sincere, he is taking on The Undertaker in his one and only WWF main event. Uh, love the Salvatore character immensely. Um, he's about to die, but I love him. <laughs> I like Salvatore Sincere. What's your gimmick? Shake everyone's hands. Bit smarmy. I've got a pink and white jacket. Wearing pink, because make the boys wink. I like him. Undertaker <laughs> has his fastest entrance ever. Holy Jesus, shit. Jesus, yeah. Breaks the sound barrier running out here. <laughs> 
he's not an happy camper. He runs into the ring, clatters Salvatore Sincere. Uh, and when Sal gets back to his feet, he gets choked by The Undertaker. It's all Taker until Sincere dodges a corner attack hmm. and lands a lovely arm drag and a shonky jawbreaker. It's a lovely arm drag. Oh, it's very nice, yeah. And ta- ta- Taker's making him look good here as well. Mm, gives him a lot. Yeah. During uh, a long rest hold, we get a picture-in-picture picture of Marlena and Goldust. And Marlena says, never stop fighting till the fight is done. Here endeth the lesson, Untouchables, 1987. Hmm. I read that as uh, when she said Untouchables, because I was hungry when I watched this, I thought for a second she said Lunchables. Start to share that with the room. Goldust in the back, just eating loads of dairy, like, <laughs> seductively. <laughs> he does the, and biscuit crumbs fly everywhere. <laughs> Goldust plugs mind games, like the mind games he and mankind play with The Undertaker. Mm. He says Undertaker will be covered with the final curtain and rest in peace. Then the world will never forget the name Goldust. Uh, this is Goldust's uh, feature match, which is basically no DQ and pinfall only to win. Mm. A boring giving yeah. match as they come, but that's what we're doing. Meanwhile, Sincere gets a near fall off a side slam and then puts another fucking headlock on. Uh, after the break, Undertaker breaks it with a side suplex. Uh, JR back on comms confirming that negotiations with Razor Ramon's party have snagged. However, it's looking good for Diesel's return, and he'll give us more when he gets it. Oh. Jerry, Jerry Lawler shoots across the bow of Mean Gene Oakland by saying, I can't believe we got that scoop from Jim Ross, and we didn't have to make a phone call. <laughs> It is just a big dick swinging competition, isn't it? Really? Oh, that's all we've got for the next few years, mate. Just dick swinging out the wazoo. Yeah. Sincere lands a power slam and then showboats for too long. He presses the left D pad too much because it gives Taker time to hit triangle and do a full recovery. He then beats the shit out of Sally with a diving clothesline, a choke slam, and a tombstone. Kevin Kelly says he may not wake up till spaghetti day. When's Spaghetti Day, Jack Atkins? <laughs> it's the day before Dalmio Day. I knew you were going to say that, and I'm proud of you for saying it. I nearly wrote it down to go, Jack Atkins <laughs> will say the day before Dalmio Day. Because <laughs> it's true, it's a real day, Tom. <laughs> When's your Dalmio Day? It's whatever it's on offer in Tesco. You're not saying there's a crisis on. Yeah. <laughs> When's your Tesco value <laughs> broth day? <laughs> Every day. Uh, Taker pins uh, Salvatore Sincere for the win, ending Salvatore's undefeated streak. Mm. Streak is over. Salvatore then slowly takes his hat off and walks up the ramp, puts his hand in the air and disappears (laughs) into the ramp. (laughs) Undertaker walks out next week with Salvatore's hat on and says, this is my yard now. Thank you, Sal. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you, Sal. I'm looking forward to seeing Salvatore Sincere's one foreign man show. (laughs) It's coming to Wolverhampton (laughs) soon. Uh, Thoughts on the main event, Um, Mixed feelings. We had a more aggressive Undertaker, which I like, which he's been doing since Mankind. Uh, The chokeslam he did, he did like a diving chokeslam, a bit like the Giants, where he went down to the mat with Salvatore. Oh, he did, didn't he? I liked that. That was really nice. Like we were saying before, he gave a lot to Salvatore Sincere, but maybe a bit too much. And 
it's I think it's kind of okay if they've been going with the idea that Undertaker's been battered and changed by mankind and he's adapting to life without Paul Bearer, so I'll, I'll allow it, but probably a bit too much. But mm. yeah, I did, it was it was it was it was decent. Yeah, it was yeah. Quite, as you say, he gave him quite a bit here, more than I genuinely thought Salvatore uh, should have got or deserved to get, but he did. Mm. Um, but I think I, my my issue is there's so many matches that happen on Raw where I just think this should just be three minutes and done. Yeah. Um, but obviously they've got an hour program to fill, so they can't really play that game. So Farouk, you get out there and put a headlock on Savio like your life <laughs> depends on it. Um, th- what do you reckon is this week's Raw? Filler. That's what oh, I just Oh, God, when it just... It was just poly filler. There was loads of recaps. Um, There was, you know, the stalker. There was crush. There was Farouk putting on a clinic of boring. Um, Some nice bits. Obviously, the 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 heart family tease. Sid is over. Take a look. All right. It just didn't feel important. It was the stalker's night, and the 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 world took it away from him. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. We could be talking about Stalker 419 said, I just caught a pig, but no, <laughs> no, we're not, are we? Stalker 419 says, I just caught a pig. <laughs> and the only bit of Steve Austin we had this week was him saying, I'm going to punch Ahmed's good kidney. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you just reminded me the Godwin saying happy birthday to Ahmed Johnson was potentially moment of the night. <laughs> <laughs> what a depressing turn of events. But hey, look, we've now reached that point where uh, the, the birthday candles have been blown out and we're about to go back to hiding in the trees. We can't remain. <laughs> uh, is there anything that we're working on that we want to be plugging away at? Um, Can you reveal any of your secret projects? I will hold something up. I'm not going to mention it by name. So if you're a Patreon um, viewer, you'll see what I have been working on for months. Oh, didn't even know the stalker had a book out. Well, it's more a manifesto than a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Catch one animal a year. Yes, exactly. Using twine and some M and M's, but um, that's the big thing I've been working on. Uh, stay tuned to cultaholic.com for wrestling bollocks. Uh, doing a Hold and Give podcast over on the Hold and Give channel now. Oh with Ross. yeah, we should shout. Yeah, we should shout more about Hold and Give. Yeah, it's it's Ross Twaddle and I talking about football, but obviously as we've established on this podcast for many years my memory is awful so <laughs> the amount of stuff i'm forgetting as i'm saying it i'm just like oh what was that player's name who was yes robbie fowler yes that's it <laughs> but so far so good it's been a nice reception uh just we're not pretending that we're football experts but just two knobheads just going oh weren't the 90s really good basically <laughs> Is that is so? What's the is that the sort of the premise of it for those who don't know? It's yeah. Well, it's 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 a it's a look back in the in the the past week of football. We've chosen the best time of year to kick it off because the the season's ended now, so there's no football <laughs> until <laughs> August. <laughs> Nailed it, mate. Nailed it. Yeah. So that that goes live on YouTube on Wednesday nights. 
Uh, what about yourself? What, what have we got to look forward to from Tom Campbell? Uh, it should be out now, hopefully, uh, which is uh, a special look at how WWF got the F out. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a deep dive into the, 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 the rise of the pandas. If only the stalker had still been here, he could have shot at least one of them. Uh, <laughs> That would have been very handy. Uh, check out a lovely chat I had last week with WWE's own Ridge Holland. Hey! We had Ridge on the podcast feed, and he chatted to us exclusively at Cultaholic ahead of Money in the Bank mm-hmm. and uh, WWE's UK events as well. Always a pleasure to chat to Yorkshire's own Ridge Holland. So that's mm-hmm. on the podcast feed. Should be there already. If it's not, it'll probably be there in a couple of days. And mm-hmm. You can enjoy it and give it a big kiss. And we'll be back as normal next time uh, for more from the weirdest time in wrestling, the new generation era of wrestling, uh, hosted by the old generation. He is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Coldholics on Twitter. Don't forget to join us, Trocadero. It's just a fun word to say, isn't it? Good word to say. (laughs) Love you, bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from.